Well, hello everyone. This is Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hanson Gana Pogrebna. Hi, hello all. So as as we warned you before, I was uh, on holiday for a couple of weeks, and this is why we haven't covered the Spanish and the Monaco Grand Prix. So what we've decided to do, we're actually going to do it after Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So there will be like a, a condensed uh, episode where we right. will look at all three uh, together. Um, but it will happen. So that's, I guess, the first thing that I wanted to say at the beginning. And the second thing that we discussed with Patrick um, earlier is that uh, there are some changes to YouTube policy where apparently YouTube in principle can monetize content without uh, the contributors agreeing to it. So currently we are not monetizing any of the content that you have seen on the channel, but if you do see an advert on uh, anywhere on our sort of content, it's not uh, our idea. <laughs> it's the idea of YouTube uh, yeah. and Google, obviously Google who owns YouTube. So just want to, we wanted to just say that, yeah, at, at, at this stage, it's, um, you know, it's not some, it's something beyond our control. So, um, it's not our idea to 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 have adverts, and if you if you do have adverts, of course we recommend the usual ad, advert blocking um, uh, add-ins. Especially, I think there is very nice for Google Chrome and uh, for uh, other browsers. Just look for a nice advert blocking. Uh, software that you can add to your browser and then you can enjoy videos on YouTube without any advertisement. Okay, and uh, quite interesting because uh, today we are speaking about, uh, well, not only advertising, but we're speaking about the whole marketing strategy, uh, a little bit an historic uh, topic because uh, tobacco is not uh, that much inside Formula One anymore. It is uh, still, and people uh, speak about it, uh, but it's a little bit more hidden, not as direct as in the end of 1960s, 70s, and still 1980s. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we kind of promised uh, you guys that we will do uh, um, an episode on big tobacco and the role of, of big tobacco in Formula One. But when we looked at the content uh, of this topic, it turned out that we probably need two parts. So there will be two videos uh, on big tobacco sponsorships and Formula One. And we will talk about spon like obviously sponsorships and advertisement. And also the role that tobacco companies played in um, in Formula One. Uh, also, I think uh, Patrick, we need to make a disclaimer that we will talk a lot about tobacco today yeah. and uh, over the next couple of episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, we obviously would like to say that. Uh, well, we are not smokers, well, yeah, <laughs> so we do not smoke, and we do not. Uh, we're not trying to advertise any smoking. And, exactly, um, and I mean, uh, on the other hand, I mean, uh, most. Um, well, I think all serious studies uh, uh, identified a risk, a health risk, especially cancer based on cancer. smoking. So we will strongly recommend uh, you 
to uh, to not start smoking if you're not smoker if you are smoking you may consider stop smoking because it's really unhealthy so we really not want to promote smoking uh, but analyze a little bit the relation between formula one and uh, smoking especially from an historic point of view yeah we also uh, we also uh, have made this kind of footnotes earlier that uh, you know, even though, you know, tobacco is obviously a bad thing, this is something very bad for you. Um, it played a very important role in the development of Formula One. So you can't really avoid it, avoid this topic because the amount of sponsorships. So these companies, the large tobacco companies that were sponsoring uh, Formula One for many years, uh, they were very rich companies uh, up until 2005, we will talk about the year 2005 and tell you why that happened. But essentially, they were very, very rich companies and they not only supported teams so they could, could afford supporting teams, but also they supported um, the circuits, right? So um, some, of the, some of the best circuits were developed with participation of big tobacco sponsorships and uh, we cannot uh, just uh, say that it didn't happen it did happen uh, so therefore yeah just uh, obviously we cannot tell you what to do but uh, i just wanted we just wanted to say that we are definitely against smoking so if you are smoking at the moment or you are considering picking it up then just think twice about it and read some research on lung cancer and obviously make an informed decision if you if you decide uh, if you if exactly. you if, if you are considering uh, starting smoking i hope not but you know anyways exactly and uh, i mean we are here on uh, youtube but let's say if uh, our little uh, videos would be on netflix or on Amazon or on Disney Plus. Right now, uh, at the beginning, you would see here on the left-hand corner a warning that uh, you that we are, you are talking about smoking. Meaning, today, 2021, uh, if you're on a streaming platform watching a movie where you can see people smoking or drinking, you get a warning sign right uh, before the movie starts. So you see uh, how the times really have changed. Yes. So, uh, so again, just uh, keep. Uh, let's keep in mind that uh, this is all very damaging to your health. And with that, um, yeah. So Patrick found a very cool uh, graph uh, of uh, tobacco consumption, and uh, it's very nice. Uh, even though it's, it doesn't go to 20, 2021. Uh, it starts from 1950, right, from where we started our series uh, and uh, from, from the, you know, the kind of official seasons of uh, Formula One from 1950. And you can see how um, the consumption of tobacco increased uh, in the 1970s, 1980s, and then kind of gradually declined. Exactly, and uh, this um, data is from a website, website called Our World in uh, Data. Uh, you have here the possibility uh, to interact with the graphic. Uh, so I, if I remember it right, I could uh, tell the website to start 1950 and go to 2015, which are the last information. And also you could uh, select the countries which you want to see. I've uh, selected this ones as these have 
have been the countries a little bit more related uh, to Formula One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and then for those of you who are just uh, listening to us in the podcast forum, yeah, we just have to say that um, we kind of, you know, at the start, um, if we take, um, for example, uh, consumption in, uh, in in United States, right, so this, this was quite a high consumption rate, about nine cigarettes um a, a day for an adult and currently on average right and currently it's basically three cigarettes a day um exactly. for some yes and so and statistically this is for uh, all adults meaning including also non-smokers Mm-hmm. Exactly, and also, uh, so 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 like, like countries in the like like the US, they had basically a steady decline in cigarette consumption, um, and also there are countries that have really interesting uh, kind of bell-shaped uh, um, patterns, like for example Germany that started with. Uh, uh, about three cigarettes a day and went to kind of four cigarettes a day or so. So it's really kind of, um, there was a gradual increase to about seven cigarettes a day by 1980s. And then you had a steady decline after that. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, interesting a message also of this uh, graphic is that uh, smoking was really something uh, normal, it's a, especially in the 1970s and the 1980s. Uh, and so everybody's uh, spoken well, not everybody, but people in all society, on all levels in society, and also uh, football players smoked, I remember. Uh, of course, a lot of Formula One uh, drivers smoked, so it wasn't as uh, smoking was seen as something, let's say, nearly today you see something, uh, if you see somebody smoking, you see some something uh, bad, you may think it's somebody on a lower social level, uh, meaning in opposite to 1970s, 1980s, uh, today I would say in most countries uh, smoking is not uh, cool. So the image uh, completely changed. Yes, so uh, one of my favorite films is actually called Thank You for Smoking, and uh, I highly recommend if you haven't seen it, uh, please do have a look. Uh, it's, um, um, it's a film about uh, a person who is a spokesman for Big Tobacco, and uh, basically his job is to try to figure out how to sell uh, this really damaging product. And one of the things, one of the argument that he makes in that film, and I tend to agree with it, it's, um, so it's a, it's a movie with Aaron Eckert. Um, um, like I said, you can find it really, if you just do a quick look um, uh, via Google. Um, so, so basically the argument that he makes in the film is that uh, cigarettes were um, popular back in the day in the 70s and 80s and 60s because, uh, because of the movies. So um, in, in the movies, um, many actors smoked, so it was kind of the sexy thing to do. And, and uh, because of that, a lot of people picked it up. And naturally, like Patrick said, uh, Formula One, that's, that was another thing that was kind of on TV, especially in the 80s. Yeah. And so a lot of people uh, uh, basically, yeah, picked it up because 
Oh, they saw yeah. the heroes. But, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a little, uh, you may say it's a little bit uh, too easy and uh, because it's like uh, self-fostering because uh, people smoke because let's say James Bond in the beginning uh, smoked and why James Bond smoked because cool people in 1916 smoked. So it's like a, an effect and circle which is uh, self-fostering. So. Uh, you have, if you want to uh, do smoking on one side, you have to stop this uh, circle. And I remember, uh, I think it was first the US government who have been uh, quite aggressive against uh, smoking campaign campaigns, and then also uh, the same in uh, Europe. Meaning, it's uh, you don't. It's not that easy anymore to um, to show uh, smoking as uh, cool. And uh, something, uh, for example, uh, we will uh, discuss in the second um, episode. Uh, in the 1980s, it was still normal to put the uh, name of tobacco companies even on uh, children's uh, toys. So quite from the early beginning, uh, young children uh, came into contact with tobacco companies and understood it as something cool, which is uh, not possible today. So it's, you cannot put um, tobacco names on uh, toys. If you want to sell such uh, cars, car models, uh, you have uh, the buyer have to be over 18, same as uh, if you would buy directly cigarettes. So uh, governments try to stop this uh, circle. Yes, so there are all the loopholes and we will actually discuss yes. it now. Not, uh, so yeah, so we'll, uh, I'm not gonna spoil the surprise. So you have to watch almost to the end to find out about toys and, um, and, uh, yep. and cigarettes. But anyway, so let's just uh, maybe go to the next um, slide. And again, this is also very, very famous. Um, quote by Barry Jill. So essentially, yeah, the question is why would uh, tobacco companies want to advertise in, uh, in Formula One in the first place, right? And um, yeah, so so and, and uh, the quote basically says that that's because uh, of the audience and yes. the coverage, right? And um, yeah. That's right. Maybe I, I will shortly read it for the yeah, ones yeah. Uh, who are just listening to us. So Barry Jill, the CEO of Championship Sports Specialists Limited, a sports marketing company here, said it's the ideal sport for sponsorship. It's got glamour and worldwide television coverage. It's a 10 months activity involving 16 races in 14 countries with drivers from 16 nationalities. After football, it's the number one multinational sport. It's got a total global exposure to global hospitality, total media coverage, and 600 million people watching it on TV every fortnight. It's macho, it's excitement, it's color, it's international, it's glamour. They are there to get visibility. They are the they are to sell the cigarettes. So uh, this was the main reason. And I think uh, just with this quote, you see also a little bit not only how uh, law has changed and society have changed in relating attitude to smoking but i think uh, also formula one uh, uh, changed uh, a lot from the 1970s uh, to today i mean it, i think uh, with uh, formula one to be honest it doesn't have that much attention as in the 1980s because there's so many other options to watch uh, uh, today also, I would uh, argue it's not that much show anymore as in the 1970s or 80s. Yeah, I don't but you agree with this, that. Yeah, but but nevertheless, so when if you go to the next uh, 
to the to the next uh, slide. Um, yep. Yeah, so we still have between uh, 350 and uh, and uh, yep. 500 million people regularly watching Formula One on TV. Uh, this is on TV alone, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have a large number of people tuning in using various gadgets so like smartphones yeah. and uh, and because of this constantly growing audience, of course, it's a very lucrative uh, market for any tobacco company to be advertising in. And um, like um, uh, like Patrick said, of course, uh, the the most uh, probably significant impact uh, is on children, unfortunately, because you know kids obviously watch this as well. And uh, yeah, so we will talk about how the strategies of big tobacco in terms of advertisement changed. But before we go there and kind of go through the kind of tips and tricks of, <laughs> of adverts, um, yeah, I also want to emphasize that um, without big tobacco, we probably wouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, as much as I, I personally hate cigarettes, uh, and think that this is the, the, one of the most horrible thing that exists. Uh, uh, as much as I hate them, uh, I have to admit that without big tobacco, we wouldn't have Formula One teams as we know them today. We wouldn't have Formula cars, Formula One cars as we know them today. And um, the reason for that is that obviously. Um, uh, Formula One of uh, sorry, Big Tobacco offered uh, really large sponsorships to many, many different teams. And we will talk about uh, specifics in the second part. Um, but essentially, yeah, I mean, th these uh, teams would not be able to afford uh, engineers <laughs> of the quality that they had, technology of the quality that they had, some of the headquarters of the quality that they had, and so on and so forth without having a large investment. And this investment at the time was only possible from these companies who actually had excessive budgets. And um, these budgets uh, also contributed not only to the development of technology in Formula One, but also development of the visual part. Because, you know, we, we at, at one point, I think we, with Patrick, we were talking about how now, you know, we we know that Formula One cars uh, kind of go faster than they did before, but if uh, we had the choice between watching, I don't know, Michael Schumacher in 1997 and watching a race in Monaco in, in 2021, <laughs> the, the choice is obvious, right? And it's obvious because uh, the racing track, the coverage, like everything, you know, had quite a lot of investment and uh, had a lot more resources. And because of these resources, it was visually more pleasant and it was more exciting and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so we have to always keep in mind that there is this sort of um, uh, um, uh, dual nature of uh, tobacco involvement in Formula One, which is uh, not entirely negative, but, uh, you know, uh, also positive. 
so it has had its positives and its negatives. Yep, uh, create an, with you. Yeah. Well, here we have a nice, uh, I think, a nice uh, graphic uh, which you did uh, for us, uh, showing that um, tobacco branding directly started in the 1970s. Uh, the first, if, if I'm correct, was uh, with, 1968. Uh, Otos. Yeah, 1968. Yeah. Uh, we, we we covered that quite extensively. Yes. So in 1968, we had the first ad ad adverts, but. Yeah, like yes, as, a this, this, as a mass, uh, yeah, 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 that's that's it. But as a kind of mass uh, trend, it was uh, 1970s, of course, when the majority yeah, of right, teams yes. uh, had uh, had them. Yeah, um, yeah. Naturally, in 1980s, we had uh, basically cigarette logos almost everywhere, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, in the 1990s, we already saw some restrictions being introduced and we will discuss this in, in detail shortly and then in 2005 the world health organization introduced um, this uh, framework convention on tobacco control which banned all tobacco advertising promo and promotional and sponsorship okay so before uh, before that i just want to say that when we had even we had in 1990s when we had the first initial bans we already saw the tobacco companies adapting to these uh, restrictions. Uh, for example, the company that uh, is called British American Tobacco, BAT, which is a very large company, um, uh, came up with this idea of so-called global dark logos, which basically used the same color design, but, but color design as uh, the, the branding of the cigarettes, but not the names of the cigarettes. And we'll, we'll see some examples. Yeah, if you could just uh, stay with the previous one, uh, Patrick, I just want to, yeah, I just want to also tell a story about, because there's some, it's something I remembered after I've done the timeline. Uh, so before, actually, um, FIA made attempts to, ban uh, cigarette advertisement before 2005. So what happened was in 2001, when the World Health Organization was just discussing the framework uh, or the new regulation with regard to banning um, tobacco. Uh, so FIA actually introduced the uh, um, a ban on ads uh, for tobacco, kind of in anticipation that, you know, Formula One will be affected by it. Yeah. But then um, they, um, uh, they had to return ads in 2003, because obviously, I mean, some of the, some of the bigger, bigger teams like Ferrari, for example, was sponsored by tobacco. And so they had to basically uh, kind of, it was a little bit back and forth. So they had a ban in 2001, then they reintroduced the tobacco advertisements in 2003. Yeah. And then in 2005, there was this another kind of a framework regulation that was passed by uh, World Health Organization. So in 2006, they again uh, issued, well, in 2006, the, the, what happened with FIA was FIA, uh, issued a recommendation against tobacco ads. So it's not really a ban in the sense that you can be sponsored by tobacco, but you can't really advertise it. 
And so from 2006, what we see is a lot of innovative ways of kind of advertising tobacco. Um, and it's done in, in multiple different ways. But let's, yeah, let's look at some of the logos over the years. Um, so I found this absolutely brilliant paper, actually, it's a, it's a scientific paper. It's the journal is called mm -hmm. Tobacco Control. And the authors are Grant Braham and Britain. Uh, and uh, the paper is called Motor Racing Tobacco Company Sponsorship Barcodes and Alibi Marketing. Um, brilliant paper because they kind of discuss this whole story of uh, tobacco sponsorships. And um, if you are watching us on YouTube, uh, you can see basically Philip Morris uh, tra trademark. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Philip Morris is the company that produces uh, quite a few cigarette brands. Uh, Balboro is probably the most um, um, well-known brand that they produce. And so you can see five different brands on your, um, uh, on your screen and uh, they kind of uh, start with quite detailed um, um, branding where it's written Marlboro and everything else to quite a schematic. <laughs> so in, in 1956, it was very, very detailed. And by 1982, already you have quite a um, schematic representation of the same brand with just uh, geometrical shapes and lines. Um, and uh, that's essentially, so these are all Philip Morris uh, uh, Marlboro tra trademarks that were um, uh, allowed in UK. So dependent on what was allowed, you would kind of adjust what you could display there. Yes. I think uh, later in the 1980s, they even experimented with changing the color. As far as I remember, Keke Rosberg had for a short time driving with a quite yellow-orange Marlboro McLaren. Yeah, we will actually have a look at that. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so what I, um, so when we were talking about 1990s, so this is a, a bright example of what was happening. Mm -hmm. So in some countries, for example, in Germany, they already started to, to um, implement some of the restrictions. So what mm -hmm. you can see is the adjustment. So on, if you're watching us on YouTube, on the left-hand side, you can see the Marlboro branding um, on, Formula, on Ferrari Formula One yeah. car from 1993 in countries where uh, the ban was not introduced. And on the right-hand side, you can see the German Grand Prix version of it, where basically you do not see the, 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 the brand Marlboro. So Marlboro is not written, but what you see is basically the seven-bar uh, representation. Um, and uh, this is quite characteristic of the, of the time, because in countries where there were restrictions, you know, this... Uh, the tobacco sponsors would basically get innovative and kind of use uh, cropped versions of <laughs> their branding, uh, whereas in other countries they use complete uh, direct kind of uh, um, advertisement with uh, full branding. So, By the way, quite interesting, as on, on the right we uh, see seven lines, but Marlboro mm -hmm. has eight letters. So it would be interesting why they reduced it to seven instead of putting eight. 
maybe mm. to bypass the law even more or whatever was the reason? I'm not sure. This is a good question. But uh, even uh, when we will look later, I think in the second part that uh, um, uh, at um, Michael Schumacher's 1997 car, yeah. and I believe uh, there there are also seven bars. I'm not sure. Yeah, why. Uh, there are there are seven, but uh, I mean, quite cool is because it's seven because Marlboro has eight letters. Maybe it's just for it looks better graphically. Well, we're not, we're not smokers, but maybe if you're a smoker, can you tell us how many cigarettes are in one row of Marlboro? Maybe oh, that's no, I'm not, I'm not speaking. Maybe it's, it, it's this, maybe it's the number of cigarettes inside it's the package. A... I was just counting uh, the name Marlboro has eight letters. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. But what I, what I mean, like maybe when you open the pack yeah, of Marlboro, maybe be. in one row you can see seven cigarettes. I, mean, I don't know. That's kind of my... <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my guess, but uh, if if you guys know why that is, tell us. I mean, we, we would be really happy to know. Uh, so, by the way, yeah, thank you for the co comments um, to the videos. So we actually learn quite a lot from them. Yeah. So the, recently there have been some people who told us some interesting facts. So thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, so that's what was happening and and then uh, this is what happened after the ban so um so first we had this quite schematic uh, marlboro uh, on from 2007 as you can see and then we had a a, a barcode version of marlboro as you can see it's completely yeah. it's disguised uh, um so it's, it's basically disguised the logo or using the same colors, uh, but no brand name. So this is this so-called global dark market logo. <laughs> yes. um, and of course, um, the you know tobacco companies were kind of denying the fact that this was actually the uh, uh, kind of submerged advertisement uh, for cigarettes, but just. Uh, they were just saying that this is just to indicate our sponsorship of the team and all that kind of stuff. But it was present in this in this format. Again, I uh, just uh, highly recommend reading the paper that uh, from uh, Grand Braham and Britain, uh, where they nicely explain all these things. Next again, uh, plus on, on the left, uh, they tried uh, to bypass the regulation. Also, this uh, the saying. Scuderia Ferrari Marlboro, it's not a sponsoring, it's now our official name. Of course, yeah. this is something, to, let's say, which everybody knows will only uh, able to pass for a very temporary li limited time. So it was, I think, just uh, maybe one or two years where they got this uh, through, through the regulations and then regulations adapted to the reality and they it's not possible anymore uh, to, uh, to name your team Scuderia, Ferrari, Marlboro, but uh, they had to limit it to just this um, barcode version later. Yeah, if you kind of go to the next uh, next page, yeah. that we also will see some more examples of Ferrari Marlboro branding from 1972, where we have a complete Marlboro um sort of uh, name and branding to um 
uh, basically barcode version. And in 2010, as you can see, not only the cars, but also the uniforms of the drivers had this uh, Marlboro barcodes. Um, and uh, what is, uh, so as a result of this, it was like so much into the face of everyone, despite the ban, that uh, Ferrari became uh, a subject of an investigation about uh, this um, uh, sponsorship. Uh, and of course, um, so, we will talk about this in more detail uh, when we talk about Ferrari specifically. Ferrari uh, was sponsored, it was one of the main sponsors of Ferrari, so the Philip Morris. And, uh, you know, so, so for them, it was uh, obviously very difficult to completely remove uh, the, the branding. But in 2010, as a result of this investigation, they were forced to, to basically remove barcodes. And then they implemented more innovative ways of, of advertising big tobacco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, uh, somehow it is uh, continues up uh, to 2021. Uh, Ferrari is still uh, uh, connected to Philip uh, Morris a little bit uh, non-direct. And maybe we will discuss this only in the second episode. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, the the link is very very um, um, uh, pronounced considering the no, non-executive director from Philip Morris is now the CEO of Ferrari. <laughs> so yeah. so the, the, there are yes. quite there are quite a, quite quite a significant uh, sort of It's a quite a significant conglomerate between Big Tobacco and Ferrari. Um, yeah. But yeah, what I yeah what I wanted to show you next is um, again uh, there is a great website. It's called uh, TobaccoTactics.org. I believe mm -hmm. it's run by the University of Bath. A very interesting website where they kind of uh, uh, document all the tricks. <laughs> <laughs> around tobacco adverts. So this, this one is, um, so, so essentially uh, this mission win now. So mission win now is kind of a new way of advertising uh, tobacco. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's up to interpretation. As of course, Philip Marlboro has a, has a different kind of um, documentation what Mission Veno is about. I mean, uh, and you, I mean, you can go to uh, this website and you can also read it yourself. So uh, Philip Morris communicates this, that Mission Veno is in general about uh, change management and also this based on their personal, on their, um, on their uh, corporate strategy to slowly uh, phase out uh, this conventional uh, cigarettes going more to vaporize products in general. Heated, so saying practically they are changing as a, as a tobacco company and they understood that smoking is bad. So they want to stop selling cigarettes at all. And I mean, this is somehow, uh, and as a sync mission, we now may be also a non-profit organization uh, legally. So uh, I, honestly, I would have to, uh, to, to investigate about this. So it's not... They, I mean, uh, Ferrari and Philip Morris, they, they like to underline there's no direct relation anymore because this is a non-profit organization pro, um, supporting change management, uh, whatever. So they like to uh, downplay this uh, relation, which of course on 
is an opposite how we uh, perceive it as a, as a user of uh, as a as a consumer of uh, cigarettes or non-consumer of uh, cigarettes. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's the official statement of uh, Philip Morris, and uh, in fact, uh, yeah, they um, uh, indeed emphasized uh, multiple times that uh, um, Mission Win now is all about kind of rethinking their corporate strategy and becoming more responsible, and all that. However, again, in 2019, there was um, an, an EU um, European Union investigation into this. Yeah. And um, essentially, it was found that, you know, several companies, uh, uh, Philip Morris in particular in BAT, were using this uh, sort of um, indirect advertisement. So... Um, Again, like Patrick said, legally there is no sort of <laughs> no way to to prove that uh, Mission Win now is is kind of subdued advertisement of tobacco. But uh, the the outcome of this investigation was that yes, so, so kind of uh, uh, these um, these campaigns attract attention to tobacco products specifically to so-called new tobacco products like e-cigarettes and heated tobacco products. And this is why it's not, strictly speaking, it's uh, it's a cheat to kind of use this branding. But we know that this branding is still being used because especially in some countries, it's not um, prohibited. Actually, uh, prior to this episode, I looked up what... Uh, uh, what is the regulation in Azerbaijan? And it turns out that you cannot really have any type of sponsorship of tobacco. But if you kind of advertise on the internet, it's it's okay to advertise tobacco. So I'm guessing that there will be quite a lot of sort of um, uh, kind of internet related things on, for example, Ferrari website where they might use the same mission win now. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, maybe to finish, uh, 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 Ferrari, before we go uh, to another team, uh, mission win now uh, stays uh, sponsor for Ferrari also for 2021. And maybe as a reaction uh, to the last interpretation of sponsoring regulation. Uh, the mission window logo is uh, green, so they yeah. went away from the typical um, red and white. Uh, yeah, that. And, and that I think, sorry, uh, and I yeah. think this must be uh, an answer, maybe to the uh, legal requirements, because from a pure aesthetic point of view, it looks not very fitting to the red car to have this just the green logo. So I imagine that. This was another step to somehow uh, um, bypass uh, the last regulations. Yeah, again, uh, so I just want to support Patrick here and then say that, well, according to this, the fact that they made it green in 2021 actually infuriated a lot of the investigators because uh, they saw it as, uh, on the contrary, as kind of highlight because it's now such, so, so much different from the usual color scheme of uh, red and white. 
So it's a little bit like too much in your face right now. And um, yeah, so hence it was kind of looked at as uh, yet another sort of reminder about tobacco. Um, uh, but I have to say that, yeah, the, the management of Ferrari and actually Philip Morris uh, repeatedly denied uh, any indirect advertisement of tobacco through this brand, uh, through Mission Win Now. And um, effectively, they're saying that, okay, well, you know, if you think that it has uh, any connotations with uh, tobacco, then you must be mad and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I actually heard uh, someone um, uh, from Philip Morris saying that uh, if you think that this it has anything to do with tobacco, you probably need a doctor. <laughs> so it's a direct quote. But, but uh, definitely uh, EU investigators are not uh, buying this. <laughs> and, and I think... Uh, yeah, they will probably need to rethink uh, again the, the, this the strategy for advertisement if they want to keep doing it. Yeah, uh, so I think for me it's like a, the typical uh, strategy from a big uh, corporation which has all the resources to having the lawyers on the one side, having the marketing departments that you uh, that you have the regulation, you look for the loophole and do something which you know it will work just uh, one year, but you have one uh, additional year of marketing and then you try to adapt something, uh, something new. So for example, you not put uh, Mission Window instead of Marlboro, then this was not possible. Then you think, what else can I do? Uh, just make it green and see uh, what, uh, how uh, regulators will answer to this. And let's see what we do the next year. Yeah, I was going to say that when we would be talking about uh, Ferrari, it's kind of in the next part, but basically um, they estimated that over the last decade from basically 2010 to 20, uh, to 2020, the um, um, Philip Morris spent uh, $625 million on supporting Formula One. This is a lot of money. So we're talking like 62 million, 62 and a half million a year. And um, of course you want to have some sort of value <laughs> driven out of it. Hence, uh, of course, they, they're trying to kind of do something about it and um, get an inventive with ways in which they could put the brand yeah. back on, 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 on the cars in, in exactly. whatever way. They can. I mean, it's it's uh, of course uh, good to have uh, for the Ferrari team, even though I would think uh, Ferrari in, in general would be the least uh, team to be uh, rely, which has to rely on uh, tobacco sponsoring. Uh, and maybe one of the uh, one of the other problems with uh, tobacco going away, uh, going out of Formula One is that we have much less uh, smaller teams because Marlboro. They, they had been main sponsor on McLaren, on Ferrari, but they practically had been a second or third sponsor for each of the very small teams. And this is uh, maybe uh, had been teams which had been uh, really uh, had to rely on this money. And maybe one of the um, reasons why we don't have these small Minaldis, Colonies, whatever inside Formula One today. Yeah. So just as a, just as a theory. 
Yes, I mean, I agree, of course, they, they uh, you know, uh, the big tobacco also allowed uh, small teams to survive. And um, yeah, that definitely had an effect. Um, so kind of very similar situation happened with BAT. So if we look at uh, the branding of BAT, so BAT also came up with this uh, ingenious idea to advertise their e-cigarettes. Uh, so the e-cigarettes uh, brand is Wipe. And uh, if you are now looking at our, um, the, at us on, on the YouTube, uh, watching us on YouTube, then you can see uh, the Wipe branding on, on McLaren cars. And again, um, they came up with this idea of sort of transforming tobacco initiative and called it better tomorrow, very much in the spirit of mission win now and saying that, okay, well, you know, we want people to maybe smoke less, maybe pick up uh, less damaging to health uh, e-cigarettes e or heated tobacco products uh, or even um, uh, pouches, uh, uh, basically to kind of nicotine pouches. So all, all these kind of things, um, uh, you know, were tried by BAT. And uh, again, uh, like I said, in 2019, there was an EU investigation and I believe also Australian investigation where they basically told uh, <laughs> McLaren to take off all these brands from 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 their cars. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it was a little bit weird because it was a little bit back and forth. So in some, for example, in they would take off this branding in uh, like Australia and they, they would put, put it back in. And so it was back and forth until kind of mid-year 2019 when they were basically told, yeah, you guys, you have to just remove this completely. And uh, this happened basically. But uh, yeah, again, this is another example of how a large uh, corporate uh, company, yeah. you know, is trying to, yeah, basically derive I was, value. Um, I'm thinking um, maybe another connection why um, teams like McLaren and Ferrari are still connected with the tobacco industry. I mean, both, um, they are also car manufacturer of uh, very expensive cars and I think for McLaren and Ferrari, uh, for both the main market is China, a country where I think uh, smoking is uh, still uh, seen as something more cool than in opposite to US or, uh, or Europe. So uh, a market where it's still popular to smoke and it's still more uh, popular and they still have a lot of people with the resources to buy McLaren and Ferrari cars. So it's also from this marketing point of view, it makes sense that uh, both are still trying uh, to keep their existing links to the tobacco industry. Yeah, not only that, um, in, uh, I guess, uh, in, in, in 2019, up to now, there are discussions of having a, a Grand Prix in Africa. I think one of the most, most uh, significant proponents of this idea is actually Lewis Hamilton, who spoke multiple times about, oh, we have to go to Morocco and race in Morocco and blah, blah, blah. So actually, Africa has a different um, regulations. And uh, it if um, Formula One does go to Africa, it would be a big opportunity for 
tobacco companies to advertise there because most venues that are looked at do not actually have <laughs> strict regulations with regard to tobacco advertising. Hence, uh, they, you know, it, it, it's it's quite possible that they've, you know, that. Uh, yeah. Well, as far as I know, there is a serious consideration of Africa as a potential venue. So if they do go to North Africa, it's quite likely that we will see a lot more uh, tobacco advertisement and sponsorships. Exactly, and uh, in this case, uh, the sponsoring would not be only seen uh, uh, at the spectators um, at the race track, but uh, uh, it would be visible to everybody who would uh, see the race independent if you are uh, in the US, Australia, uh, Germany, or wherever, so you could bypass maybe uh, these um, sanctions against tobacco uh, advertising. I mean, you uh, the only other way would be to maybe electronically filter out uh, the logos. I don't know if it's technically that possible or nevertheless uh, try to avoid having uh, this advertising on the cars as it maybe would uh, lead to the fact that uh, it would be not allowed uh, to transmit the race in the European Union or in the US or whatever. Mm -hmm. would be an interesting legal uh, discussion maybe yeah and also let's not forget that uh, in in this case if that happens uh, then potentially you could also advertise on the track itself and there mm -hmm. it would be extremely difficult to like it's one thing to work with the digital image of the car and it's completely different yeah, exactly. if you have it on the racing racing circuit um, and uh, yeah so so that's definitely one of the yeah, but, but maybe then uh, a government could say um, then it's not allowed to show this uh, maybe inside the European Union or as it only would be allowed to see by adults that it has to be shown after 10 p.m. Or, I mean, you can, uh, I mean, it's always a, a race, not, uh, not only between the, the cars, but also between the organizers and uh, the government. So maybe uh, from Lavon uh, thinks this we can do this year and then... Uh, Next uh, time, uh, the government's answer with a new regulation saying, okay, you can do this, but then you're only allowed to show it after 10 p.m. on TV, and then maybe the organizers come up with any other idea. Yeah, so, yeah, so another thing that I wanted to mention, again, I didn't have actually time to fact check it uh, properly, but... Um, um, so th again, from the same source at tobaccotactics.org, uh, they also um, uh, basically documented really interesting facts about uh, COVID-19 uh, and virtual races that we actually have uh, uh, a separate episode on virtual racing. So apparently, so and this is kind of coming back to Patrick's point about uh, toys. <laughs> so yeah, you can't advertise on toys, however. Um, uh, in computer game kind of um, environment. Um, so in, 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 in this case, uh, uh, basically Codemasters F1 game. Uh, um, uh, was used uh, by BAT Nicotine Pouch Velo to, to, to basically for promotion. 
And uh, people, um, so apparently, well, according to tobacco tactics in any case, so it, it seems to be properly referenced. Like I said, it's uh, this is a website from University of Bath when there, are, there is a group of researchers working on this. So basically the race was support, this virtual race was supported by BAT and um, uh, essentially not only you know it was sponsored uh, and then you know had this velo um, uh, nicotine pouch um, uh, branding on it but also people who won so the winners uh, were were essentially uh, had their photos on the uh, on on the um, Velo Instagram, yeah. so this uh, the uh, this is actually another way of um, kind of getting, I guess, tobacco advertisements back back on track with virtual races. So as far as I understand, uh, at the moment there is nothing that prevents. Uh, um, tobacco companies from using this type of advertisement and uh, so even though toys are not allowed computer games um, as we saw last year could be sponsored by big tobacco and again that's another potential opportunity so one of the concerns that uh, was raised about that is that um, uh, it's not clear whether uh, there was a, um, an age restriction in this competition. So it mm -hmm. says that the um, this McLaren YouTube channel does have an 18-year sort of mark. So you cannot, like, you shouldn't basically be watching content uh, there. And hence, you probably shouldn't have access to this code Masters F1. But, uh, of course... <laughs> In reality, we know how it is, and uh, even with restrictions, uh, kids manage to watch YouTube videos. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, and honestly, I mean, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, I think they are all, uh, well, no, I think for Instagram and TikTok, you have to be 18, if I'm correct. But uh, honestly, these platforms doesn't make it difficult for you uh, to use it even if you're younger uh, I mean you just uh, answer question you're over 18 yes no and uh, you say I'm over 18 and uh, you can continue so it's not that is a strict uh, control on it yeah exactly so so anyway so there is uh, in a sense uh, so at least for e-cigarettes and nicotine pouches and this heated um, tobacco products um, uh, there is a way to advertise uh, through uh, computer games and it seems like uh, you know that the, the, there is a need for regulations here I guess uh, the regulations will come through but uh, as always yeah. there is a lag between uh, regulation and practice so. exactly I mean Similar to the, the engineers uh, in, in Formula One, you always study the regulations, you look for the potential loophole and you try to use it all. And it's the same uh, with, uh, with lawyers and uh, with uh, lawmakers. So maybe this was possible in 2020, then this one loophole will be closed, but there will 
another loophole and so on. So it's, uh, I think also like Formula One, a continuous uh, competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, on this, well, I'm not sure if it's a happy note, probably rather, rather, uh, rather alarming note. Uh, we will finish with part one and uh, in the next part we will look at uh, specifics. So we will look at uh, different teams, so look at pictures of the cars and uh, show you more examples of the display uh, of uh, tobacco ad adverts and talk about the role of tobacco companies in the life of each um, of the teams. Uh, I guess we will probably talk uh, in, in great detail, detail about Ferrari, but uh, we will also talk about other teams. Yep, that sounds like a plan. All right. Meanwhile, thanks a lot and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.